Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, Patrick. So overnight for people that that went to bed, I think this came across around one o'clock in the morning central time. Um, Damar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest. It has been confirmed during that Monday night football game last night following a hit. This is from the Buffalo Bills Twitter account. Uh, he suffered cardiac arrest following a hit in our game against the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field and he was transferred to the Cincinnati Medical Center. For further testing and treatment, he's currently sedated and listed in critical condition. Um, this is kind of the worst nightmare for all of the stakeholders who either run the NFL or even just idiots like us who watch the NFL. Yeah, there's not much you can. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's a dangerous game, and uh, that one was uh, uh, kind of odd because the way he popped up immediately. And then what, maybe it was up on his feet for two, three seconds and just yeah. went free fell to the uh, ground. And uh, I was sitting next to Henry Lake at the, uh, at the Timberwolves game and he was watching on a, a little iPad or something. He said, my God, this guy is really hurt because he could saw the way he collapsed. And then we, we kind of monitored it after that. But uh, yeah, the blow to the chest, I ran into Sheldon Burns, you know, the, uh, the Timberwolves internist and stuff. And he, he was telling me about it. he was at a hockey game uh, doing the medical stuff at a hockey game and a, and a world tournament or something. And a, and a guy got a fan got hit in the chest with a puck and same thing, you know, went into cardiac arrest. You get that hard blow right to the heart and it, it, it can happen. And uh, that was it looked to me. I thought the guy hit him in the chin with the helmet, but obviously it looked like he hit him, uh, you know, when he lowered his helmet. They, uh, they got him right in the heart, and man, alive! You know, it, there's there's a lot of uh, anecdotal evidence that once they come back from this, they can, you know, they can be if, unless there's some brain damage from you know not not getting air or whatever you need for a while. There, it, it, you can stop. You can come back from the the, the cardiac arrest thing. So. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be, it'll be fine, but man, it was scary. Oof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when he was down too, Pat, you thought that the first thing that, that I, I thought just as, as a older guy was Hank gathers, you know, that yeah. terrible, just collapsing to the, cause the mm-hmm. way that you free fall, you know, it's different when you, when you are like concussed and you can, and you stumble around a little bit and ordinarily I think go face first. The way that he fell was, to me, really the frightening thing where you can tell that that it's more than just a normal, what we consider to be football injury. 
Hank uh, had something clinical, though, right? Yes, and he did. So thank board. God I don't he, think this is that. Had, Hank yeah. had something clinical. Uh, I went out and saw Hank play the game before he I was I was going out to the Rose Bowl, and mm-hmm. I loyal Marymount was scoring 120 points a game, so I went out there on the night. And uh, I think it was the game before Hank collapsed the first time, and uh, I saw that game. And then – uh, I'd have to go back and look, but it was a, I was in St. Paul then, so it's hard to get that stuff. I, I can't remember which game I saw, but then you know he came back about a month. First game back, he died. Right? I yes. didn't. I think the first game he came back right. a month later, and uh, they thought he was fine, and maybe he collapsed and died. But yeah, this kid, poof, that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> a really uh, frightening thing. Uh, everybody's being very righteous about the NFL not immediately calling the game off. I, I think the bottom line is they didn't play, okay? Maybe it took McDermott to say, we're not playing, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and by the way, I think it was... I think the Players Association and the NFL both came out and said all this, all this stuff about the NFL gave teams five minutes and then the coaches decided, no, we're not going to play, that the five-minute thing was never... But then, but but players did start warming up. I mean, Stefan Diggs was trying to rally guys like, "Hey, we got to play. Let's mm-hmm. let's get going I here." Think, you know, and it, and it, you know, they probably somebody third stringer from the NFL probably right. told told you know to give ESPN some interest that uh, well the plan would be to warm up for five minutes and then start playing again. But it's not like it was, you know, Roger Goodell calling and saying. We're going to start this damn thing in five yeah. minutes, but uh, a lot of uh, righteous indignation, uh, to, to say the least, and uh, a lot of people saying, uh, you know, uh, uh, ordering us all to say prayers for him. We we can do that by ourselves. We don't need you to go on Twitter and tell me that I have to pray for this guy. Okay, we all know how much we want this guy to recover. We don't need you pompous asses going on to Twitter and telling us. Uh, you know how we should feel about this. We 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 realize that we're all traumatized by watching something like that, and we want a full recovery. And it's a dangerous game that we all love, and you all, most of you, love it more than I do. So uh, you know, it, it's it's gonna. You're not gonna. We had the we had the, the kid from uh, Dinah that uh, we had a kid up in Brainerd who uh, you know had a had an emergency yeah. this year and we had a we had a kid from Edina that uh freshman kid from Edina that's uh still trying to recover from uh you know what happened to him playing football so it's it it happens but uh I don't know you just you got to say no contest don't you you can't bring you, you can't yeah. bring him back to play Wednesday and then say okay now you got to play again Sunday right I mean no I and they're not yeah so they have Buffalo already flew back Yes, they did. Not that it's that long of a trip from, no. you know, Cincinnati. To, I mean, they could fly back on Wednesday, if they, but they're, they're not playing today. You the, can't the, put the, these two of the best teams in the league, you can't put them at that, you know, competitive disadvantage of playing Wednesday and then playing again next weekend, right? It's yeah, just got to be – it just has to be a no contest. And then yes. wherever the other chips fall, it's basically like a tie, I guess. I don't know. and. You can't call it a tie because that would screw up their winning percentage, right? If yeah, was, yes. So, so That's you the would, issue. It's got to be no contest, and they only played 16 games this year, and that we can, we can live with that. They're, they're, 
somebody's not going to get home field. You know, Buffalo will probably lose home field because of this, but that's I think if you pulled that entire locker room and yes, said, oh, they're, okay. They're fine with that. They'll go to Kansas City and beat them. You know, yeah. they won't they won't worry about that. Yeah. They were no condition to I mean, they thought he was they all thought he was dead, right? I mean, when you Well, they saw it, Pat. Out. That that's the thing is they saw that when they you see bring them out the panel, panel. Well, and they see the paddles come out. I've seen that before. When you see the yeah. paddles come out, you are I, I mean, I don't care about, you know, football. At that point, it's hard to go on with your day like that. In so, like if you go and ask them, "Hey guys, okay, rally around and now and now go play this sport," it would have been completely out out of line. So, yeah, I think that they did the right thing. And the other thing too is, you you know, keep in mind for the most part, we're watching very young people watch someone die, and they play football where it's unfathomable that they'll ever die. You know, like it's it's. It is scary to watch when you're 40 or 50, but think about when you're like 22, 23 and your buddy's there and he's not breathing and they got the paddles out. So yeah, I just think the emotional toll now is going to be pretty high. A few of the uh, digs and a few of the other players apparently went to the hospital and didn't go back with the team. So they, they kept them, kept a few of them there. I was actually at a, a, a wake this year for a popular guy and there were, probably 300 people in the room and it was one of those thirsty wakes, you know, it was, they were having serving food and people were drinking and there were 300 and, and, you know, there were a lot of older people there and some woman uh, collapsed and, and, uh, and died, you know, she, you know, they're, they're everybody's milling around and they're in there hitting her with the paddles and their husband oh. of 60 years is weeping. And uh, it was, you know, so, I mean, even, you know, anytime you see him bring out the paddles, you're nervous. You're right. So, what do you, what do you remember? The the only other time, I mean, there's been players who've gotten paralyzed on NFL fields, and there's been horrible injuries and broken legs and compound fractures. But the only time someone has has died on the field is 1971 Lions versus Bears Lions uh, receiver Chuck Hughes. Yeah. Um. I, I, what do you I, I, What do you recall about that? Uh, you know, we did not get the constant. TV of, uh, you know, every game wasn't to be found somewhere on TV, but... Uh, you weren't following on social, like the social no, media aspect no, of it, too, it or it's just like... I can't even remember if I ever saw, a, you know, where where would have we... See? They, they probably didn't put up the video anywhere. There was nowhere to put up the video. And uh, I, I don't think I ever saw a video of it, but I know that uh, people were... And, and, and you got a story there telling you what what was it a brain injury or what, what heart, attack. It it heart, attack. heart attack it was a heart attack and he was so he was just kind of running around in the heart too or what or no what was, was the question had he been struck in the heart too or he just had a heart attack as far so i watched a youtube video on it last night and they sh- they showed footage of the game but then they only showed still photos of of him on the field and so it, uh, and then they they looped the radio call on top of it and the radio call made it sound like he was just kind of running a route over the middle and just like fell to the ground on his own. And then the photos were him on the ground face down and a couple of refs came over and like put their hands on him and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's also 1971 yeah, right. medical attention. Too. They did it's, not it's have, they probably, they probably had to go downtown to get anyone to come and do any, you know, they probably had two guys. Two paramedics who didn't even know what paramedics were then. I mean, yeah. 
it, it, it is a, it is astounding though this vicious game how few deaths there have been isn't it i mean you, you we, we'll probably lose you probably lose more i mean Corey stringer obviously but you probably lose more guys that way you know over exerting themselves working out in the heat right than you do uh, yeah the high school kids who who have a tendency to die you know you lose a few every year or working out in august some places so it, what the, it, it, the heat the, the heat situation is uh, is the worst i will say uh that uh the stringer's death oof, that was uh that was an emotional thing that next day down there at uh at oh my God. but Corey stringer died and i was talking to con- communicating with seaford last night the nfl's response was to take one day out of a training camp yeah you know take a day off everybody take a day off and then we'll get right back at it you know yeah so. And then the next year was let's 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 take some water breaks during practice. Yeah, well, yeah we're going to give a guy a little water. You know, you know when a, when a guy weighs three hundred twenty pounds and he's out there and he can't get up off his knees, maybe we should have a cool place for him to go or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember, uh, I remember that uh, I was driving back from somewhere, and I heard on a uh, K fan that was doing it there that Corey Stringer had been taken off the field, so I stopped in Mankato. And, uh, and they, you know, all the print guys were, uh, they finished their, you know, they were, they didn't know Stringer. They, that would came at the end of practice. So they'd all come back to talk to Denny. And then they, and then they were downstairs working. And I came in there and I said, Hey guys, uh, it looks, it sounds like they took Stringer to the hospital. And, uh, then everybody went to work on that. And I remember I got a call at 440, my phone rang at 440 in the morning. And I said, so my court, my wife wouldn't have known who it was, but I said, Corey Stringer died because there's no other reason. And, and Seaford was calling to tell me that, that he died. So, yeah, it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it can be a horrible game at times. We, we had the, we damn near had this in boxing uh, two months ago here in town. That guy almost didn't make it. Yeah, he, He's back home and, He's back home in Kazakhstan now, apparently uh, thinking he's going to have a boxing comeback. I don't think so, but uh, anyway. Yeah, God. And this poor, so I, an- another story from last night. So um, this poor kid, this Hamlin, so he was a six-round pick out of Pitt, mm-hmm. and uh, it's his second year in the NFL. And I, apparently even before he was in the NFL, he did this annual toy drive or this yes. recurring toy drive, and he had a GoFundMe in which his goal – his personal goal was to raise $2,500 for his annual toy drive. Mm-hmm. As of the recording of this podcast, I believe it's sitting around $4 million. Yeah, it was a million more. last night. So yeah. there's going to be some kids getting apparently the hell of I mean, everybody's a hell of a guy, right, after, after something like this. But you look back at stories that were written about him, you know, about a great family he comes from and all that this was stuff written before last night about him and he was a big big pit panther uh big guy in the town and the uh, community and that kind of stuff so uh apparently uh just a you know just just an unlucky fellow that's for sure right now but uh i you know he comes out of this he might be fine i don't he won't play football again but he might uh you know you never might, know he'd be out of fine you know don't, don't take know. that blow to the heart. The moral of that story is, oof. They yeah. got, you know what? I, one thing that bothers me is that 
and I've said this from the get-go, that that defenders can no longer lower their helmets, right? But offensive players can't. Well, I don't know why that is. Don't I they mean, penalize offensive players if it's too if it's if too it's gotta be aggressive. too egregious? But that last night was pretty damn egregious. I, that, that guy, you know, he tucked his head and ran into him. And you know, I'm not blaming him. That's the way they do it. But I do believe that uh, lowering the running backs, lowering their heads, should you know they they shouldn't let them do that. You know, so uh, and you know this is this case was. I mean, the guy did lower if it, if. A defender, if the defender had hit that guy the way he hit, uh, the way he lowered his helmet to hit uh, this kid, he would have it would have been a penalty. So, yeah, T T Higgins was the was the receiver. Imagine being him, by the way. Yeah. How do you how do you sleep last well. night tonight? Well, you, I mean, if you saw that, you're you're gonna be like it's. If you saw that entire thing play out, and you and you really saw it, I think you're gonna be mentally at least set back because you play that sport and that hit that hit. I mean, we see that hit all the time. Right. And like arbitrarily, this one guy takes it exactly wrong. Uh, That would frighten you. I'll tell you fellas, though, modern medicine is unbelievable. This isn't medicine, but it is. I mean, he's down and a minute later, they got 15 people out on the field trying to bring him back. Right. I mean, with, and within a minute, they know they got to get the paddles. Right. They knew they got out there. They knew after three minutes what what it was that it was, mm-hmm. you know, that it was, a, you know, a, for a heart stop because of the, uh, the you know, a blow to the, you know, blow to the chest. These guys are, you know, <laughs> as you say, when Chuck Hughes died, they were wandering, two guys wandering around the field saying, oh, gee, I wonder what's going on here. They're, like, trying to wake him up. I mean, it was literally yeah. like officials were, like, trying to wake him up. <laughs> hey, you know. Still my favorite. Still my favorite. The guys laid out on the field. They're there. Get, this, get those summers. Get those smelling salts out here, God. ladies. Come on. Give him a little, give him a little whiff. He'll be back in on, uh, he'll be, we, you know. Come on, you big wussy! Get back in there. We need you, Terry. That's Bradshaw. how it was. That's how it was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now it's like you have a. I mean, it, you know, the fact that you have an ambulance just that can just back onto the field yes. within three minutes if needed, and you've and we. I know the NFL. These doctors, like the Tua stuff earlier this year, you know, they've taken a lot of heat for, you know, you know, misdiagnosing guys with concussions and stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, you have multiple high-level medical professionals that can just run out and literally save someone's life compared to 50 years ago. So, guy was, guy was in big trouble today as Skippy. Skip uh, tweeted out, you know, oh God. it's terrible, but how can you how can you count? How can you not play this game with it? And then at the These bottom, are critical then, football games. There's, yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. worse than hot take guys trying to address something like this. Yeah, and then at the end, he said, uh, but it was the only decision to, to, to be made, but it was too late by then because the, the first sentence anybody reads it, how can they, you know, I did, it's a bad, terrible situation, but how can they not finish this game? Well, does he not have? I, I get that his whole thing is is yeah. shtick largely. Yeah. I mean, he may, yeah. he makes like six or nine million dollars a year, mm-hmm. and so good for him. But is he has? Is it sort of like the Ric Flair thing, where at some point Richard Flair just became Ric Flair for mm-hmm. forever? Oh, yeah. Like who is you knew? Didn't you know Skip yeah, Bayless know. when he was a writer? Yeah. yeah, he was always an arrogant guy, but uh, 
you know, he figured it out that, you know, tell the world that LeBron James sucks and you're going to make a lot of money, right? You can, you know, yeah. you can take the best player. You can take a guy who's 39 years old and scored 50 points and tell the world he sucks and you can have a uh, hell of a... Uh, By the way, like, I mean, obviously these stories don't matter in the NBA last night, but while this was all going on, we had uh, Donovan Mitchell drop 71 points for the Cavs last night. Clay Thompson had 50 points, right. 10 threes. Really? LeBron had a big game. Crazy last night. Uh, but my, I came up with this theory about a month ago, and I'm sticking with it. I think that uh, uh, Cleveland did better in their big trade with Utah than we did. Uh, it, it appears that way. You're really Donovan, on the limb there, Roycey. I'll take Donovan Mitchell or piping hot take, but I'll take Donovan Mitchell over Rudy. It appears Rudy that last way. night was it was like it was like Finch was saying, well, "I better get him out there for three more minutes. He's got I got to play him at least half the time. We got to get him out of the you know I'd I'd rather have Matt Ryan on the court than him, but what I, I better get him out there for the a football few player or the Wolves bench player? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Either whoever isn't a Matt is it Matt? Yeah, it's Matt Ryan. It is. Yeah, he was with okay. he looks Lakers. like he he looks like he'd have trouble starting for the Gophers, but he's getting minutes with this team because they're so you know they're just. They're such a mess that they. But last night they Edwards had didn't score the first quarter. He what? What did he have at halftime? Like four or something? He ends up yeah. third. But, he had a bunch of re, he was mostly rebound assist guy in the first half, and then he then he took well, the game over. And uh, of course it was. Uh, <laughs> it is amazing. As soon as he gets the ball and holds it, right, holds it for a second, you know he's going to shoot. <laughs> if you're anywhere in the gym, if there's. 15 seconds to go in the quarter and Rudy's standing underneath the basket with nobody around him for 12 feet. That ain't going to help. Anthony <laughs> is putting one up. He yep. put, you can, you can tell what he's going to shoot. And, uh, you know, he had a, he had made a few after a while the other night, but I think the last night's victory, noble as it was, had more to do with uh, Denver indifference. <laughs> this was not a, a effort from the uh, Nuggets, but hey, they didn't get booed last night. There was a—that's the big was, accomplishment. They yes. didn't get booed last. I was night. crowd. Didn't look terrible. Looked like they're they're drawn a little better the last couple of years, don't you think? Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Door Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is until they don't. When it comes to finger pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.